discovering your destiny. And uh, we said that we're at an age that's very critical. We, we said that, number one, we're not quite adults yet, and yet we're not really children either. We said that we're, we're in that stage of life where we just know enough to make us dangerous, okay? And uh, when you're 13 and 14 and 15, I know the idea comes into your head, and you say, how do you, how do you know that you think I know it all? Because I was 14 at one point, and I thought I knew it all. And the fact of the matter is, is at 14, I knew just enough to make me dangerous. But I really didn't know what life was really all about. There were some things that I still needed to learn, really a lot of things that I still needed to learn. But I thought I knew it all. And, and that's what makes it so dangerous these years, what we call our teenage years. It makes us so dangerous because we can fall into a trap that the devil has that says, you don't need to listen to anybody, you got this. And, uh, and since we know, uh, as we talk to little kids, we know the math that they've gone through, and we can look back and, and we can say, man, I, I know middle school inside and out, I know elementary inside and out, and I've learned so much in 13 and 14 years that, uh, to be honest, I can teach my parents a few things. And sometimes we get that attitude. And sometimes we'll think, oh, well, you know, 150 years ago, people were getting married at 15. I mean, I could be married if I wanted to, Mom. You know, I, I really know what love is all about, and I know what dating's all about, and I, I kind of know what life is all about. But we found that, really, we have a lot to learn. And we talked about in that first week how uh, most of us in here uh, probably don't know what a good interest rate on a mortgage is. In fact, most of you probably don't know what the insurance cost on a 2005 Nissan Altima would be. Uh, you don't know if you're paying too much or too little. And there's so many things that you still have yet to learn, uh, major decisions that you will be making. And we said that it's so important for us to realize that. And then we started last week understanding the fact that the next 10 years of your life, if you're 13, the next 10 years, by the time you're 23 and even a little bit more than that, uh, 24, 25, 26, you're going to be making some of the biggest decisions of your life. And we said you go into this, what we call the mistake zone. That most people ruin their lives in those 10 years. Between the ages of 13 and about 27, you're going to be making all these decisions, and these decisions will affect you. And it's known as the mistake zone because this is where a lot of people make the mistakes in their life. This is where a lot of people... Uh, decide that uh, they want to do what they want to do as far as it, when it comes to dating, when it comes to who I'm going to hang out with, when it comes to so many different areas and decisions in our life. We start making those decisions, and those decisions will affect the rest of your life. How you date and who you date and all of that, it affects. And that's what you start, those are decisions you start making in the next 10, 15 years. Starting from right now for the next 10, 15 years, that's what you'll be facing. We said in the mistake zone, some people uh, make decisions that at the end, they live to regret for the rest of their life. And so, how do we avoid that? Well, this evening's uh, lesson is going to be on the heart of the mistake zone. We want to look at what are some of those decisions in the mistake zone where you can really mess it up, where it can be really dangerous as to what you are doing and what you're deciding to do. So I want you to notice, first of all, the first question we ask ourselves and that you're going to face is, what college or which college will you go to? Which college will you go to? That's a big question that you have to answer. And let me tell you why that's such a big question. 
question. And by the way, for some of you juniors and seniors, I hope you're already thinking about what college you're going to. Because before you know it, your senior year will be here. You can ask any college student in our church, and they'll say, man, those four years of high school went by so fast. That's why it's so important to start thinking, what, what college am I going to go to? Now, why is this so important? Why is this so important in your life to answer this question? Well, number one, it will determine your life course. It will determine your life course. Secondly, it will probably determine your life spouse. When I was a senior in high school, uh, I decided and uh, I, I sat out one year. I, was gonna, I had already decided I was going to go to a Christian college. It wasn't really too much of a difficult decision for me. I knew that that's the best place where I could get an education that was going to uh, help me in my spiritual life, an education that was going to help me in my intellectual life and give me the right worldview that I needed. And so Christian college for me wasn't a difficult, really, choice. It was, which Christian college am I going to go to? And uh, after prayer throughout that first year, I found and felt led that the Lord was going to send me to a college out in California. I went to California. I wasn't dating anyone at that time. I wasn't talking to anyone at that time. Uh, and there in California, my first semester in college this was in 2003 my first semester the fall semester of college i met this uh this little filipino girl and uh, we started out a, a friendship and uh four years after that uh, after dating for four years we got engaged and we waited one more year in that engagement and got married all because i decided to go to a college in california that's where god was leading me to go so the college that you choose to go to, it's not only going to determine your life course, but it might determine who your spouse is going to be, who you're going to marry. You might find that person you're going to marry there. Another thing is it will determine your friends. It will determine the friends that you make. And this is so important to understand. Uh, most of the time, the friends that you make in college are your lifelong friends. If you ask most people, uh, the majority of people... Uh, this is not in every case, but in most cases, when you ask them, where are your, uh, your closest friends? Where did you meet them? Very few remain close friends throughout high school and college. Most of your high school friends, even if you live in the same area, you lose, you, you lose connection with. They, they kind of go their own way sometimes. You go in life's different directions, and you don't see them as often. And, and usually, those friends that you meet in college are really your lifelong friends. If you take me, for instance, I grew up here in the valley. I've lived here. I'm 35 years old. I've probably lived here for at least 30 of those years or more, really all 35. But while I was in college, of course, I was over there for nine months out of the year. And my college friends are the ones that are closest to me now. And though a lot of my high school friends still live in the valley, I hardly see them. Uh, they're just not really the closest friends I have. So when you decide what college I'm going to, what college you're going to attend, understand it's probably where you're going to meet your spouse and it's probably where you're going to meet your lifelong friends that's what makes it a really really big decision here's another decision that you're going to have to answer who you're going to date who am i going to date that's a big decision because let me tell you something every marriage started with dating i don't know if you knew that every marriage started with dating all right this wasn't, this isn't like, we're not living in biblical times where, you know, the mom and dad just make an arrangement and then you're going to, you know, find out who your spouse is on the day of your wedding. That's not what goes on. 
Every one of you, once you get married, it's probably because you went on dates and you had a boyfriend or girlfriend with that person and then that relationship uh, continued to grow until he decided to ask her the question, will you marry me? And they got married. So why is this so important, who you'll date? Well, who you date will determine your testimony, what kind of testimony you're going to have before others. And who you date will determine who you marry. Really simple. The testimony that you're going to give to others, all right, on dating, what are you going to allow in your dating? What are you not going to allow? Where will you go? Where will you not go? What are you going to base your criteria for in dating this person? And by the way, if it's just looks and looks alone, you might be severely disappointed. You say, oh, pastor, I don't believe that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to marry the, the most beautiful girl, and, and, and she's going to love me, and I'm going to love her, and it's just going to be awesome the rest of our lives. Do you know where the highest rates of divorce are usually? A little place you've probably heard of. It's in California called Hollywood. Some of the most beautiful people in all the world live in Hollywood. And yet the average marriage is like less than a year in Hollywood. It always blows my mind. I always think, like... You're married to the most handsome man in the world, and you're married to one of the most beautiful women in the world, and, and they can't even stay together for a year or two years. Why? Because when your criteria is only how they look, it's a very, very bad way and reason to get married. Now, by the way, I'm not saying, well, again, go find the ugliest person, then you're going to really live happy. I'm, I'm, saying that. I'm not saying that at all, okay? But when you go... By God's criteria, let me tell you something, the, the person that you find will be the most beautiful person for you. Listen, I think my wife is beautiful. I love her. But I love her more than just for her looks. I love the way that she loves me. I love the way that she raises our boys. I love the way that she's a mom. I love the way that she's a wife. I love the way that she cooks. I love the way that she keeps my home. There's, every, there's so many things I love about her. It's not just based on the looks. So, who are you going to date? It's going to determine, listen, your testimony. It's going to determine who you will marry. Who you date will greatly impact the condition of your spiritual heart. I can tell you my wife is someone that has helped me in my spiritual life. Stay right with God. Have a good walk with God. My wife's helped me with that. Uh, who you're going to date, by the way, that little child, that's mine. Anybody hear that question? He said, I mean, he, that statement he just made, he said, Mama, I got poo-poo. Thank God for a wife that changes diapers. I would never touch that. I'd be like, oh, sorry, buddy. Go to the hose, rinse it off, do whatever you got to do. Listen, there's so much I love about my wife, you know, but it all started when we were dating. Who you date, listen, it's a big decision. It's a very big decision. Determine your testimony. It's going to determine who you're going to marry. It's going to impact your spiritual walk and your spiritual heart. And how do you determine that? You can make a big mistake if you mess that up. Here's another question. What will your first job be? What's going to be your first job? Think about it. You know, your first job will determine God's true priority in your life. It'll determine. Your first job could help you trust God. These are two really big statements, and I want you to think about them really quick. Number one, that first statement, the priority in your life, this is so important, young people. Because I've seen a lot of 15 and 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds get a job 
and they give up church for $6.50 an hour or $7.50 an hour. And I wonder, really? Is that $7.50 an hour job so much more important than your walk with God? Than your attendance and your spiritual growth? So many times, let me tell you something. If you can't trust God to provide a $750 an hour job that will help you stay faithful to church, listen, you're not going to trust Him with an $80,000 a year job either. What your first job is going to be is really going to start revealing what's, what's the priority of God in my life? What's it going to be? And then it's going to really show do I trust God or not? You know, when you get that first paycheck, Man, it's, it's something else. I remember my first paycheck. I love that first paycheck. I, I had never had a job before. I just graduated from high school, and I went into McCoy's uh, lumber uh, supply and started working. I think they started me at $6 an hour. And I just remember, like, that first week, and I was, they had me stocking shelves. So I was stocking shelves, you know, and I, I remember looking at the clock, and I'm like, I just made 6 bucks. An hour's gone by. This is unbelievable. And then another hour would go by after I put stuff. I'm like, I just made 12 bucks just putting stuff on shelves. This is so easy. I mean, I love this job. And I remember getting to the end of the week and getting my paycheck, and I just remember looking at it and going, man, that's my money. I remember thinking, what am I going to do with this money? And um, I can tell you what one of my first big purchases was with my own money. It was a PS2. I know, you, you we're like on PS4 or 5 now, it doesn't matter. I had a PS2, and it was awesome, and I bought it with my money, and I remember playing with it, and I, I think I bought a soccer game, it was the first game I bought, I, I believe it was, or an NBA game, I can't remember. I just remember thinking, I, I can't believe I got enough money to buy a PS2. Mom and dad can't say no, <laughs> it's my money. I'll go to Walmart and buy it myself, you know? And then I bought a guitar, one of the guitars I still use for youth here, and I love that guitar. And then the rest of the money, I have no idea what happened with the rest of the money. I, uh, I became like, I had to learn to handle money. I didn't know how to handle money. I mean, everything was like, hey, you want to go out to eat after this? Yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay, let's go. I'm making six bucks an hour, I'm rich, you know? And that's, that was my mentality, that's what I used to do. Man, that first job was so important because it, it, it really made me hard, start to have to think on my priorities. I remember having to start tithing on that. My mom and dad never made me. They never said, hey, you got to start giving God money. Never. They never said, hey, are you going to give to church this Sunday? Never even asked me about it. But I had made a decision way before. I said, if I ever get a job, God, if you ever give me a job, you can count that I'm going to give you 10% for sure. By the way, I didn't just give him 10%. I gave God my tithe, but on top of that, I gave to missions. Then on top of that, I gave to construction. I still do that to this day. You have much more than 10% of my income. When did I decide that when I was about your age? I wasn't going to wait till I get my first job, then think about it. I had to think about it before, and this is why I'm telling you tonight. It's so important. What's, what's that first job going to do for you? Are you going to trust God with your money on that first job? Are you going to keep God as a priority of your life? Listen, your first job will reveal your true spiritual character. It's really going to determine what you're going to do with your time. Are you still going to take time to read God's word? Are you still going to take time to pray? I mean, that first job really revealed that. I know a lot of people with their first job are like, I, I really want to read, but, you know, I got to go to work. Hey, I really want to pray, but I got to go to work. 
And suddenly their, their spiritual life, really, really who they are, begins to reveal itself through that first job. That's why that first job and getting that first job, it could be a mistake. It could be a mistake in your life. It's so important. Man, this first job, what's it going to be for me? And then here's another question. What are you going to drive? That's a big question. Well, what am I going to drive? What kind of car am I going to get? How much in debt am I going to get for my first car? Listen, I know, I know uh, and I've seen it in our very church here. I, I, I've seen sometimes young people go out and, and they, they want to get the newest Mustang. But then they have to work even on Sundays and now they're working like 60 hours a week just to make the payment on that car. And I wonder, is it even worth it? And then sometimes we get like the worst deal on a car and we think, oh, I, I just wanted this car and I'm getting a great deal. And, and did you know if you get like a $13,000 car and you're paying uh, interest on it, my first car, I was paying like 15% interest. It's crazy. By the end of, of paying off the five-year term that, I, that they gave me, I, I ended up paying like $20,000 for that car. And guess what? By the time I finished paying it, it was probably worth like $7,000. I paid uh, $20,000 for a $7,000 car at the end. I look back and I go, what was I thinking? I don't know if that was the best investment. Why didn't I just buy something small and just pay it cash and, you know, it's going to get me from A to B. I mean, that's, that's all I needed to go from destination A to destination B. But, you know, I really hadn't thought about it. I just knew that I was working at McCoy's and I had a paycheck and it was great and I could buy a PS2 and then I was going to buy a car. You know, when you think about it, what you would drive, listen, how you buy a car will reveal your intelligence. As I've shared with you, I wasn't too smart. I thought I was smart. <laughs> I'm 18 years old. I know what I'm doing. Not quite. How you drive a car will reveal your maturity. By the way, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me. Um, I see guys sometimes when I'm driving, and, and, and girls, teenagers, and, and they're going like 90 on the highway. And I think sometimes you don't realize that just if that, if that wheel slips just a little bit, you're going to roll over, and that's the end. It's done. And it's so funny because those same teenagers that are going 90, 95, they always wonder, how come no one takes me serious? How come my parents don't trust me? Mainly because you're not responsible. Your driving proves it. We, we, sometimes we want people to, to, to look at us a certain way, but we live a certain way that's totally opposite. It's so, so important as you think about, hey, what car am I going to drive and, and what will I drive? How you drive reveals your intelligence. It's going to reveal your maturity. Listen, how you care for a car will reveal your character. Are you going to leave it a mess all the time? Are you going to get it washed? How's it going to smell in your car? All of that is so important. Let me tell you something. If you don't take care of a, you know, a 1994 Nissan Sentra, you're probably not going to take care of a 2019 uh, Ford Mustang. You won't. I promise you. I used to have that mentality myself. I used to think, oh, you know, I treat this car like trash because it is trash. Who cares? But when I get a new car, I'm really going to treat it nice. And you know what happens? You get the new car and you still treat it the same way. And the problem isn't how new or how old the car is. The problem is your character. Is it a priority for you to keep that car clean? It's a great question. You need to ask yourself. Here's another one there in your notes. Who will be your friends? 
Who will be your friends? You know, your friends will determine a lot. You know, it, it's so important. Let me give you a couple statements about this. Number one, you will become like your friends and people will judge you by your friends. You will become like your friends. That's why don't just let anybody be your friend. Now there's a difference between a friend and an acquaintance. When you have an acquaintance, that's just somebody maybe that you'll, you'll work with, someone you see at school, and perhaps, you listen, you need to be cordial and nice to everyone. God has commanded us to love everybody, and we ought to love everybody. But your friends, you need to choose wisely. Those people that you're going to allow to speak into your life, you need to be careful with them. Make sure they're people that love God. Make sure they're people that know God. Because after a while, they're going to begin to influence how you think and what you do. Your friends have that kind of influence because you give them. We give them that influence. So you ask yourself, man, what, what kind of friends are, am I going to have? And by the way, people are going to judge you. Listen, if one of your friends is one that's always in trouble in school, you know what they're going to think about you? Oh, you're a troublemaker. That's how they're going to think. Oh, that's, that's not fair. Life's not fair. But the Bible says, man looketh on the outward appearance. This is all that sometimes leaders can go on. So, who are those friends going to be? Here's another statement. Your friends will influence every part of your life. Friends will influence the way you dress. Friends will influence the way you think. Friends will influence sometimes even your spiritual walk. How on fire or how cold you get towards God many times is because of your friends. That's why it's so important. Who are your friends going to be? That's a big decision. You can make a really bad mistake with that. I remember a long time ago when I was young, when I was younger than you guys, when I was like uh, seven or eight years old in our church here. I, I remember there was a teenager that we had in our church, and he was an older teenager. He was like 17 or 18, and he chose the wrong friends, and he had a vehicle, and he went out one, one night with his friends and thought that his friends were cool and thought that his friends cared about him, and they said, hey, why don't you drive us to the corner store? And he said, okay. So he drove, in the corner, they, they, he drove them to the corner store, and they said, hey, why don't you just wait in the car? He said, okay. So they went in the corner store. He waited in the car. After a few minutes, they came back out. They got in the car. They said, okay, let's go on. Let's go to so-and-so's house. And they went to so-and-so's house. A few hours later, they got pulled over. What he didn't know was that when he dropped his friends off at the corner store, they went to rob the store at gunpoint. And because he was driving the car with them, he was an accomplice to that crime. And he went and spent five years in jail. Because he thought, well, these friends are cool and they're, they're going to they're gonna have my back and they really love me and they didn't care not even one ounce for him. What do I tell you this? I say this because, young people, be careful who you choose as friends. They'll influence every part of your life. Who are you going to choose as friends? Here's another question that you face in the mistake zone. What career field will you choose? What are you going to work in? There's a lot of noble and good things to do. Ministry is a great thing. 
man, I pray that God would speak to many of you and that many of you would surrender yourselves to just say, God, I'd love to work for you full time. I'm so thankful. I say this every time I get an opportunity. When I go speak uh, at a Christian school, uh, there's teachers there that are making $18,000 a year, sometimes less than that. And they're sacrificing a whole lot so that they can give a Christian education to many kids. I'm so thankful for them because what they have decided to do in their life is to say, I'm going to surrender to God's will. And if it's God's will that I go and educate kids for a very low salary, one that possibly I can't even live off of, it's okay. I'm going to trust God and do what he says. That's life of ministry. It's awesome. But sometimes God doesn't call everyone to ministry, and maybe he'll call you to something in the secular world, maybe, maybe something as, as, uh, as a business owner or something that way. Be sure it's God that's leading you. Let me give you some statements about that as you think about what career field that you're going to choose there in your notes. The question is not what do you want to do. The question is what did God create you to do? Many times I'll even ask that question myself. I'll be like, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? What are you going to do when you graduate? But I guess the better question that I should start asking is what do you feel like God's leading you to do when you graduate? What do you feel that God's leading you to do to to study? You know, God's purpose is the only thing that will truly make you happy. Just His purpose. You can be so excited and so happy being 35 years old as a youth pastor because that's what God has called you to do. And I'm pumped about it. But you know, you can have just that same exact joy, that same exact excitement being a teacher. Being a business owner, being an employee at a business, if that's what God has called you to do. The question is, before you make this decision of what career field you're going to choose, what you're going to do with your life, have you asked God, God, what is it that, that you want me to do that will make me happy? Man, that's a big decision. Let me give you another one really quick. Who are you going to marry? Who are you going to marry? You know, a great marriage is not easy, but a great marriage is worth fighting for. And who are you going to marry? And and I've touched on this already a little bit, but man, marriage can be the most exciting, wonderful, amazing relationship in your life, or it could be the worst. You'll find that on the wedding day, That groom will come uh, there at the altar and then uh, the bride will come in and walk to the altar and man, they are in love. And she's all decked out and she's beautiful and he's all dressed in his little penguin suit and he's he's just ready. And then they exchange vows and and he says, I do. And then she says, I do. And they say, in in sickness or in health and and, and for richer, for poor man, I'm going to stick with you. And and he says, yes, I'm going to stick with her. And she says, I'm going to stick with him. Then a few years pass, and they hate each other. They're throwing things at each other. And then they're in divorce court, and they're fighting for the house and for the card and for the bank account. These same people that just a few years ago, they were madly in love. Now they hate each other. Looks like they make a wrong decision. That's why it's so important. Who are you going to marry? Is it someone that's really going to make you happy? Is it someone that is going to love you, that you're going to love, that you're going to stay committed to? 
because you picked the wrong person and what seemed like it was going to be heaven can turn into hell real quick. It's a big question in your life, who you're going to marry. Let me give you another statement about that. Most marriages without God will fail. Not every marriage, but most marriages. There's a higher percentage of failure when God is not part of your marriage than when He is. So important. As you're dating, as you're marrying, you need to look for someone that has that faith that you have. Someone that's going to stick close to you and, and encourage you to walk with God and you encourage them to walk with God. That's a big, big thing. And let me give you one last one. Only God can give you a great marriage. If you think money's going to do it, it won't. If you think something in the world, anything in the world will do it, it won't. If you think possessions will give you that, it won't. Telling you, big question, who are you going to marry? Let me give you one more before we end tonight, and it's this. Where will you locate in your career? Where are you going to live when it comes to what you're going to do with your life? Let me just say, this is coming at you really, really quick. Really quick. Where is what you're going to do going to take you in life? Listen, let me give you a couple statements. This will determine where you live, and this will determine where your family grows up. Are you going to stay here in the valley, or are you going to move out of the valley? Is there a good church where you're going to go? Is there a good church that you can put your family through, that you can be a part of? Man, where, where your job takes you is big. That's why it's important. What am I going to do? What kind of job am I going to have? It's a big, big statement here. I'll give you the last one here. This will determine the entire spiritual future of your family. It'll de determine that. It's funny. I we, we've had uh, many couples come back to our church. They come on Sunday, and many of them say, "I remember the song." Jesus loves me, this I know. I remember, I, and they'll tell me, they'll say, I remember I was in your mom's class and she taught us that. And I was just seven years old or I was eight years old and I remember coming uh, to Sunday school and I loved it, I loved the games and I loved the stories. And they said, and now we're coming back because we have kids and we want our kids to learn those stories too. You know, what you do with your job, many of them, the reason they're saying that is because their job took them somewhere else. Some of them were in Mississippi and others in Arkansas and some in Florida. And, and now they're coming back. They've got to move back to the valley. God opened up a job for them here. And now they're coming right back to our church and saying, man, this, this is where I want my family to, to be raised. This is what I want them to know. I know it seems like it's so far, young people. I know you're, you're, you're 13 and 15 here and you're going, man, that's so far away. But can I tell you, as someone that's 35, it ain't that far. I wish it were. I really do. But time flies. Young people, it flies. And the mistakes and decisions you make here in this time of your life, man, it can either make your life so happy or it can ruin it completely. We've run out of time tonight, but next week we're going to look at the rest of those questions that you're going to be facing the next 10 to 15 years. And let me tell you something. What you decide 
with those decisions, man, they have big implications for your future. They affect you. Let me tell you something. They'll affect your wife or your husband. They're going to affect your kids. They're going to affect your friends. They're going to affect everything and everyone around you. So important, these questions. Man, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Throughout this series, by the way, we're going to find out how do I answer those questions correctly? How do I know what God's leading me to do? How do I know who God is leading me to marry? How, how do I know what decisions to make with these major decisions? We're going to talk about how God will speak to you and help you with that. But I want you to just think about those decisions as we go. Big decisions. It can either make your life or break your life. Next 10 years, 15 years, think about it. 